Welcome to Mind, Body, and Business, a podcast that focuses on health, wellness, and mindset for positive change to improve your life inside and out. And here, our conversations are centered around mental clarity, physical fitness, and handling your business. I'm your host, Maria Moore. So excited to have you here for the kickoff. And you heard the track, You Can't Break My Soul. Yes, Beyonce always delivers, and we are here for it. In this episode, I'll be breaking down the messages of self-love and demanding better for yourself. You'll also get specifics on how to get started with the Mind, Body, and Business 21-Day Challenge. So let's jump into it. And since this is the kickoff of the podcast, I want to start things by introducing myself. If you're not familiar with me, my name is Maria Moore. I have a background in radio and in fitness. I am a certified personal trainer, behavioral change coach, and I have a certification in fitness nutrition. I have been running an online program since 2017, helping thousands of women lose weight naturally. I am a seasoned broadcasting professional. Been doing that since my college days at FAMU. Shout out to all the Rattlers and HBCU grads listening. I also went to Florida State and earned my MBA there. I am married with four kids. They were born in three different decades, so this body done went through some things. So when I talk fitness, it's not just from a personal perspective, but as someone who has been in the trenches. If you follow me on social media, you may have noticed that I love to move my body. I'm a dance fitness instructor. I just love to exercise. I love to lift weights. I love to challenge my body. I love to challenge my mind. The feeling is euphoric. And my goal with each episode is to show you how to tap into this energy. I did a lot of brainstorming to determine what the topic of the kickoff episode should be and had some great conversations with Colby Kolb at Reach Media, who has been so instrumental in getting this podcast off the ground. And he was like, Maria, everybody's talking about renaissance and it's break my soul and the message of it and looking for a new foundation and embracing the message of the song, which is demanding better for yourself whether someone else put you in an effed up situation or you were the cause of it. And the reason why I like this topic so much is because when you think about fitness, especially weight loss and living a healthier lifestyle, so often the primary focus is eating healthier and exercising and drinking your water. But there's so many things that come into play to have a sustainable, successful fitness journey. We know we should eat healthy. We know we shouldn't be eating too much sugar, too much carbs, fried foods, right? We know we should be moving our bodies, but there are things that stand in our way of getting that done. There's stress. There's lack of motivation. There's complete confusion of where to get started. There's bad choices. There's toxic relationships. So those are the things I want to focus on more in this podcast. Yes, I will have episodes about nutrition and exercise and different ways to live healthier. But I believe that getting your mind in the right place is a foundation to achieve any goal in your life fitness, personal, professional, financial. And if you have heard Break My Soul, which I'm sure you can't escape on social media or the radio, you know that this song is centered around having that mindset and also taking the action to improve your life. The lyrics of Break My Soul that stand out the most to me is when Beyonce says, I'm taking my new salvation and I'm going to build my own foundation. You can't break my soul is something that's repeated over and over again. And it's like a statement, a reminder of who's in control. You, And I don't know about you, but I appreciate this reminder so much because we find ourselves in many situations throughout life where we feel helpless, like we're not in control. 
And I can remember as far back as my early childhood, you know, I am biracial. My dad was black and my mother is from the Philippines. I tell people I'm half Philippine, half Billie Jean. And it was real interesting for me growing up. I remember being in elementary school and uh, the white kids would call me Afro and then the black kids would call me Miss Lee as in Bruce Lee. So I'm just, you know, I just couldn't win. I was like, maybe I just need to be a giraffe. But um, it was really tough growing up. In addition to that, I really didn't have my mother for most of my childhood. In fact, I didn't set eyes on my mom until I was 12 years old. And man, oh man, I said I was going to try to avoid these therapy vibes until I was about four, five episodes deep into this podcast, but it looks like I'm about to set it off on the first episode. So yeah, it was really challenging for me not having my mom growing up. But I will say that my dad and my grandmother and other family members really stepped up to make sure that I was loved and I was taken care of and I always had a roof over my head. But even as an adult, the impact of not having my mother still affects me to this day. I can't remember a time she ever called me on my birthday. I can't even think of a time that she called to check up on me when I was living with other relatives. And that was my foundation. That was my standard for what a mother should be. But as I became a woman, and as I was blessed with the opportunity to become a mother myself, I tapped into the power of changing the narrative of my story. And I started living out the lyrics of Break My Soul decades ago. I'm taking on my new salvation. I'm going to build my own foundation. Got motivation. You know, there's a very popular quote that says, you cannot control a person's actions, but you can control your response. It's a reminder that if you find yourself experiencing sadness, depression, a lack of fulfillment, you should demand better for yourself. And even though I experienced a lot of pain from my mom's neglect, she still gave me life, a life that I absolutely love, that I am so grateful for, that is so filled with love and opportunity and positive experiences. And so that is a light that I am choosing to hold my mother in. You know, I'm like the quote lady. I'm always reading and following motivational accounts on social media. And one quote that really resonated with me said, We repeat what we don't repair. Choice is a powerful thing. You decide what you give your attention to. Do you dwell on the pain of past mistakes or do you focus on building a better life? I chose the latter and becoming a mother was such a healing process for me. So I have three boys and one girl. First pregnancy, a boy. Second pregnancy, a boy. Third pregnancy, my girl. And as a form of healing, I decided to name my daughter after my mother. Her name is Lagaya. And in Tagalog, that name means joy. It means happiness. And I'm so proud to say today I am living and standing firm on the foundation, the new foundation that I created. Through my decision, I changed the trajectory of my bloodline. That is so powerful. Just because I grew up in a broken home does not mean that my family has to be dysfunctional. If you have parents that made bad financial decisions, that does not mean you have to live a life of debt. We must demand better for ourselves. We are not put here to suffer. You're going to hear me say that a lot in this podcast. You know, I had a job one time that I was not very fond of. And, uh, you know, me and my coworkers, we all had cubicles. 
And uh, some of the people that worked there, they had been there for a while. They were settled in. You could tell. You know, you go to their desk. They got family photos. They got little plants. They got little, you know, the little bobbleheads. It's just real decorated, real settled in. You know what I had on my desk? I printed out a picture of Harriet Tubman, and I pinned it up on the wall at my cubicle because I said, I'm not happy, and God said, I'm about to escape this job. (laughs) One day, this is temporary. This is a connecting flight. This is not my final destination. And I had that picture of Harriet Tubman on my wall to remind me that one day I was going to escape. You can find motivation. You can change the course of your life. You can create a new foundation. And you would want to, especially if you're standing on one that's shaky and got cracks in it. Demand better for yourself. Demand better for yourself in your finances, in your personal relationships, in your profession, your goals, your dreams. The way you eat, the way you live, the way you move your body. Demand better for yourself and don't give someone else the power to break your soul. So what does that look like? Demanding better for yourself. That's daily intentional action. That's self-awareness. That is the execution of a plan. Fortunately, I can help you out with that. Since I'm all about actionable insight, I have a 21-day mind, body, and business challenge to help you demand better for yourself in the areas of nutrition, exercise, self-care, and personal development. So I want to begin by saying that whenever you are jumping into something new, it's going to feel challenging. But when it comes specifically to weight loss, folks jump into it, super zealous. You come, you hire yourself a trainer. This has happened to me. Come hire yourself a trainer. You're like 30 pounds. Let's go. Let's get it. And I'm like, all right, well, you're going to have to eat some salads. You're going to have to exercise. You're going to have to drink water. You're going to have to make sure you get your sleep. And you go hard those first two, three weeks, maybe the full month. You get incredible results. And then you just tap out. This happens to 99.9% of the people that I have ever worked with. We all have moments in our life where we're super motivated, right? And we are just on it, laser focused, almost like robotic. And this is especially true when you have something coming up. You know, maybe you're going on vacation, your birthday coming up, you done broke up with somebody and you trying to, you, you know, you trying to get that revenge body or whatever your reason is. But everyone is given a seed to be successful, but your intentions determine how that seed grows. So if you're not doing it for the right reason, you're not going to be able to sustain that motivation. Also, when you go too extreme, it's going to be very likely that you crash and burn. Do you know why most roller coasters are like 90 seconds, maximum two to three minutes? I don't know a roller coaster that's more than two minutes. You know, maybe if I Googled it, I would find a roller coaster that long. Your body can't handle that extreme shock, those dips, upside down loops. That is not sustainable. As we talk about these four areas, nutrition, exercise, self-care, and that personal goal, I really want you to think about sustainability. Yes, something that's challenging, but not something that's extreme. I also want to acknowledge that extreme and challenging have different definitions depending on where you are in your fitness journey. So for me, something challenging might be running on the treadmill 10 miles per hour. Why? Because I'm already consistently running on the treadmill at eight miles per hour. You know, that is pretty much my sprint run because I am uh, vertically challenged. I'm short and these legs don't have a whole lot of a stride to them. So (laughs) eight miles an hour is trucking it for me, but 10 miles an hour, that's a challenge, that's a push. 
12 miles an hour, that's extreme for me. Now, someone who is new to exercise and probably doesn't run at all, a challenge for you might be going from a power walk to a jog or easy walk to a power walk. Be realistic. Don't be too easy on yourself, but think about, okay, what do I do all the time? On a scale from one to 10, how hard is it for you to maintain a jogging pace for five to seven minutes? And so when you think about a challenge, you want something that's a little bit more of a push. It's going to have you breathing heavier, a little bit more of an elevated heart rate. That's the zone that you want to be in. Keep this in mind as you are setting goals in each of these areas. So starting with nutrition. First of all, I want you to identify something that is sabotaging your ability to live a healthy lifestyle. Maybe that's your daily habit of stopping by a fast food restaurant every single day after you get off work. Now, there may be many things, but I only want you to focus on one. What is one thing that is just completely standing in the way of you eating healthier? Maybe it's staying up late and snacking. Maybe it's just not having healthy foods accessible in your cabinet. You know what that one thing is. I would say even as a fitness professional and someone who has gone through several weight loss journeys, one thing that I still struggle with is skipping meals, getting really hungry and eating one huge meal at a time, feeling like I'm in my third trimester, that belly be bloated and poked out. And so I don't do it all the time. But if I had to identify one thing that I need to work on, it's making sure that I get my snacks in, that I have that sustained energy throughout the day, and I have a constant flow of energy going into my body. All right, so now that you've identified that thing, I want you to think about how you can combat that. So for example, I talked about, hey, you stop by the drive-through every day after you get off work. Can you have some snacks in your car? Can you take a different way home that diverts you away from that fast food restaurant? Can you figure out ways to get to bed earlier at night so that you're not up snacking? Can you set a social media curfew so that you're not up scrolling um, and losing sleep at night? So anything connected to that bad habit, figure out how you can combat that. The next thing I want you to do is think about one thing that you can do to improve your nutrition. So I love to tell people to start off with one meal and that meal is your last meal of the day. The reason why I picked the last meal of the day is because that's the closest meal to bedtime. Your body is winding down. You're more sedentary. Heart rate's not going as fast. You don't have that opportunity to burn more calories. That's just an example. That may not be the one that works for you, but if you need one, I would say start with your dinner. No bread, no rice for dinner, just for dinner, right? Say, I'm going to eat a salad and some shrimp or a salad and some some chicken or a a salad and some avocados if you're vegan. Think about how you can make dinner the most nutrient-dense, low-carb, healthy meal of your day. I'm telling you, you do that for seven days, especially if you are not eating a healthy dinner, you are going to see an immediate difference, especially when you wake up with the quality of your sleep because it's not huge and heavy. It's not having a big impact on your digestion. Having a light dinner really does make a big difference. Now for you, that nutrition goal may be something else. Maybe you're like, Maria, I already eat a light dinner at night. Well, what else can you do? Do you have the same struggle as me eating those big meals? Are you skipping meals? Are you consuming too much sugar? Can you start with just your drinks? 
So maybe you're drinking a lot of soda, you're drinking a lot of coffee and you're loading the sugar in there. Say, you know what, for seven days, I'm only going to drink water for seven days and see what kind of difference that makes. Now, I personally recommend that you do this for 21 days straight. So you're identifying that one thing, that one bad habit, replacing it with a good habit that you're going to do consistently for 21 days. All right. So next up, let's talk about exercise. So often exercise is associated with uh, meeting a specific fitness goal. That fitness goal could be losing weight, which is the most common one. And it can also be with gaining muscle. So in which you need to exercise, you need to be lifting heavy, you need to be eating enough calories to feed that muscle so that it can grow. Very rarely do people think about the importance of exercise to maintain your weight, for energy, for endurance, to make sure that all of your organs are working properly, for your lungs. Forget the aesthetics. You need to exercise for heart health. You have to figure out a way of normalizing, moving your body on a daily basis. The thing that I think that trips people up is that you feel like it has to be so structured. Well, now I got to join a gym. Now I got to hire a personal trainer. Now I got to do these videos on YouTube. And it doesn't have to be complicated, especially if you are a sedentary person, you're not very active. You can start off by saying, you know what? I am going to walk 5,000 steps every single day. It can be anything, but you need to normalize moving your body on a daily basis. Think of your body like your car. You ever see a junkyard? Those cars just sitting there, rusting up, put the key in the ignition. It won't even start. Your body needs to be challenged. You need to stretch. You need to sweat a little bit. You need to make sure that your, your joints are working properly, endurance, energy, just overall health. Exercise is good for everything. It's good for your mind. It's good for your mood. And when you understand what those benefits are, I believe that it will make you more excited to move your body. All right. And then your next thing is to find a challenge for yourself. Now, if you are new to exercise, maybe you are recovering from an injury, you are deconditioned. You know, I remember working with a client one time and I was out on a trail walking with her and she had on a heart rate monitor. I will never forget looking down at her heart rate monitor and it said 175 beats per minute. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like that is so high. and We're only power walking, but it was because her heart just wasn't used to it. The thing about it is you got to tell your body, this is our new thing, body. This is what we do. We power walk, you know, and you're going to feel some resistance because your body is going to want to go back to the thing that it's used to doing the path of least resistance. We hear that all the time. But what this woman did, she kept power walking every day. That 175 beats per minute, it got all the way down to 120 something beats per minute. So her heart didn't have to work as hard to do the same physical activity. That is how you get yourself conditioned. So where are you right now in terms of exercise? Are you walking consistently? Do you need to take it up to a jog? Have you been using five pound dumbbells for your bicep curls forever and you're banging out 20 reps with no struggle? You want to feel some struggle on those reps when you're lifting weights. Man, level up. Whatever that challenging thing is for you, I want you to think about doing it consistently for 21 days. All right, self-care. Self-care is a thing that people think they don't need to focus on when it comes to losing weight, gaining muscle, maintaining weight, whatever your fitness goal is. And self-care, baby, that is a foundation for everything. 
Because you got to know that you are worth it. You got to feel like you deserve it. What is good for your body? Remove a habit that is no longer serving you. Replace it with something that you intrinsically believe is good for your health, that is going to make you feel better. When I think of self-care, I think about self-awareness. Taking time to evaluate your actions and say, you know what? I've worked 12 consecutive hours. This is not good. I always say yes, even when I don't feel like it or it's not something I want to do or I'm tired. I'm always saying yes. There's so many ways to practice self-care. Self-care encourages you to maintain a healthy relationship with yourself. Now think about it. When you're in a relationship with someone else, you can ask them, what do you think about me as a partner, as a spouse? as a girlfriend, as a boyfriend, or as a friend, or whatever your relationship with that person is. And they can say, this is what I like about you. This is what I think you can improve. You know, on a scale from one to 10, I would give you an 8.5 or whatever that is. You can rate your relationship with other people. And I remember asking one of my clients, how would you rate your relationship with yourself? Specifically your body. What would your body say about you and how you treat your body? You know, there are times when that body is like on a scale from one to 10 or two. Girl, you keep me up all night. You don't eat healthy. You make me handle all of this stress. You got bad posture. My insides are hurting. We push our bodies so hard and our bodies are so loyal. Our bodies are always coming through for us. But are you being good to your body? Are you being good to your mind? Are you emotionally well? That is what self-care is about. So having that awareness on a daily basis Am I doing what's good for me? Am I in a good relationship with myself? What is that mean thing that you're doing to yourself on a daily basis? For me, I would say sometimes it's negative self-talk. Worrying about something that's probably not going to happen 99% of the time, it doesn't happen. Even as someone who is seen as being optimistic, someone who encourages others, sometimes I worry. And I literally have to talk out loud to myself. Yes, you can, Maria. It's fine. You can do it. That goal is waiting for you. So positive self-talk is something that I actively work on every day. Your body is giving you signals, not just on the inside, sometimes also on the outside. That skin is dry. You're breaking out. Hair is falling out. Your body gives you signs that you're not in a good relationship. So pay attention to that. And then think, you know, what can I do every day for 21 days to be in a better relationship with myself, to practice better self-care? Self-care is a foundation, I believe, to achieve any goal. Because when you are in a good relationship with yourself, the possibilities really are endless. Last category is your personal goals. This is the business part. So we got mind, body, business And when people think about business, sometimes it's immediately entrepreneurship, money, but it's more so about handling your business. I'm setting that very personal goal for yourself. And I can tell you just inside of this moment, recording my very first podcast episode and the journey to get here. I remember a time in my radio career where I felt like I was just getting passed up. I should have been further along in my career Why haven't I been promoted? Why am I not making more money? I was moving with the expectation for someone else to initiate, for someone to present me with an opportunity. 
for someone to come to me and say, Maria, you are so amazing. Girl, here's some more money. What I finally realized is that I needed to believe in myself like I expected other people to believe in me. I needed to invest in myself like I wanted other people to invest in me. Am I as excited about myself as I want other people to be excited about me? And when I started doing this self-evaluation, I realized "Mm, I'm not 100% where I need to be. This mindset had a lot to do with me starting my business. And let me tell you something, when you go out and invest in yourself, you set some personal goals for yourself and you start crushing them and you realize your worth, you realize what you can do, and then you can go to people with confidence and say, this is why I deserve more money. This is why I deserve more opportunity. What is preventing you from achieving that personal goal? How much have you invested in yourself? Do you even take yourself seriously? Because if you don't take yourself seriously, no one else will. And I get this a lot of times. I'll have young people come to me wanting to be in radio or wanting to be in the business some kind of way. I'm like, cool, okay, where's your website? Oh, 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 I don't have one yet. I'm like, okay, cool, fine. You know, not everybody has a website. All right, well, what's, what's going on with your social media? They give me their social media. Hasn't been updated in a week. Then the updates, you know, you got a booty picture. You got a picture of your, your child. You got a random flyer to an event. There's no intention. There is no goal. There is no draw. You can't expect people to be excited about working to push your brand if you're not doing it. And sometimes this is really hard for people to hear. Sometimes people get offended by it. But look at what you're doing. Look at what you've already done. How committed are you to your personal goals? Or maybe you don't have a professional goal. Maybe your personal goal is to get out of debt. And you're so mad and you're so frustrated. Do you just randomly pull out your credit card? Do you have a budget? Do you ever evaluate your spending? Think about that thing that you're doing. Bad money habits one of the leading causes of stress. And what happens when you're stressed out? You don't exercise and you eat unhealthy foods. It's a cycle. What is that thing that you are doing to stand in your own way? How can you break down that barrier? How can you stop the self-sabotage? And then what can you do for 21 days consistently to achieve that goal? For 21 days, I am going to read 10 pages of a book related to my industry to get me smarter and prepare me to take action to be a business owner, to be an entrepreneur. Again, this is gonna vary from person to person, so make sure that you set a goal that is aligned with what you have going on in your life. All right, so you're gonna put these four things together and then for 21 consecutive days, you have one thing that you're working on doing consistently with nutrition for 21 days, one thing that you're gonna work on doing consistently with exercise for 21 days, one thing, self-care, 21 days, one thing, personal goal, 21 days. I am so excited to hear about the transformations. I'm visualizing it in my head. So make sure you check in with me on social media. I'm on Instagram at Maria Moore, M-A-R-I-A-M-O-R-E. Also on my website at mariamore.com. Uh, there's a link to connect with me there. But yes, do this for 21 days. This is your mind, body, and business challenge. And also, remember, you want to think about self-sabotage in each of those areas and work on untangling yourself and removing that bad habit, all right?
Now, it is time for one of my favorite parts of the podcast. Tell me more. This is your opportunity to connect directly with me and ask your questions related to mind, body, and business. So uh, today's question comes from Instagram from Nicole. And her question is, I hear that you are supposed to eat three meals and snacks in between meals every day, but sometimes I'm just not hungry and I don't have the appetite. Is it okay to skip snacks? If not, should I eat the snack even though I feel full? First of all, thank you, Nicole, so much for this question. I get this very often and uh, that is a very common recommendation to have a constant flow of energy in your system throughout the day. So that happens by eating your three meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and having snacks in between those meals, specifically in between breakfast and lunch and in between lunch and dinner. No snacking after dinner. But that doesn't work for everyone because some people can eat two meals per day, maintain their weight, they feel energized throughout the day, energized throughout the workouts, and those two meals work for them. People who have conditions like diabetes and high blood pressure, they have different nutritional needs. But I will say that if you are feeling like you're too full for your snack, I will look at how many calories you are eating in that previous meal. You may have too many calories in your breakfast, or maybe you had too much protein or fats, which really helps you feel fuller longer. You may have too much fiber, which is definitely something that is going to make you feel full and not feel like you have room in your stomach. And if you feel like, oh, I'm too full, I ate too much, it's okay to skip that snack. But definitely keep a meal log, document how much you're eating and when you're eating every day and pay attention to those patterns because I think you're going to get your answers there. If you are documenting what you're doing consistently, you'll be able to evaluate that data. So to answer your question, Nicole, number one, definitely don't stuff yourself. Number two, maybe reduce the calories of the meal before your snack. And then number three, make sure that you are keeping a meal log, tracking your calorie intake. Do that consistently for 21 days and see what kind of results you're getting. If you are moving in the right direction, keep doing that. If not, keep making tweaks here and there until you find your rhythm. Of course, if you have a mind, body, and business question and you want me to tell you more, you can DM your question to me at Maria Moore, M-A-R-I-A-M-O-R-E. Oh my gosh. Did I just finish my first podcast episode? I think I did, y'all. This was fun. Now, I just want to say that I have been a midday radio host for a long time. I'm so used to being in the studio by myself, the breaks being really quick, moving out of the way, letting the music play. So being able to talk this long has been such a joy. And I hope you had as much fun as I did. I look forward to these weekly connections with you. And I thank you so much for joining me for the kickoff of Mind, Body & Business. Mind, Body, and Business is an Urban One Incorporated Reach Media production hosted by Maria Moore. Follow me at Maria Moore on all socials. Executive produced by Maria Moore. Supervisory podcast producer, Colby Kolb Tyner. Sales partnerships, Sam Tatum. Integrated marketing and partnerships, Lori Flowers, Laura Lopez, and Brittany Jackson. Digital marketing, J.R. Davis and Tim Hall. Music produced by Jamal J. Soul Smith. Thank you for listening to the Mind, Body, and Business podcast. Mind, mind, body, and mind, business. business.